T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Welcome back. Sports Huddle, Mike Max, Dave Monin. You've been warned. You hear the cough in the background. Sid Hartman. Is in the house. Thad Levine, Minnesota Twins, joins us right now. Thad, thank you for giving us a few minutes. We were just talking. You got a couple of uh, roster moves that were anticipated, but that you made uh, today fortifying or bringing back a couple of people to the 25-man in, in active uh, uh, duty. Yeah, we are. We are. We're, we're encouraged to have Williams Astadio get, get activated today. Uh, he went through a, a lot of rigorous rehab programming with our strength and conditioning and training staffs traveling with the team, and he's ready to roll. And then Martin Perez, fresh off of having a second child, is, is going to be starting today. So we're, we're encouraged to get closer to back to full strength. You got the drafts coming up. How about last year's draft? Did you come up with some real good players from last year's draft? You know, I think we're really encouraged by the work that Sean Johnson and his amateur staff has done over the last couple of years. We've really added a lot of talent throughout the the lower parts of our system. And I think we're seeing some of the fruits of that as some of our minor league teams have gotten off to really nice starts, uh, you know, highlighted certainly by the Pensacola group, which is primarily guys that were drafted the prior year. Uh, but we've, we've really started picking up some steam in Fort Myers and Cedar Rapids as well. And I think we feel all along like our goal is to make sure that we have waves of talent that are ready to come up to Minneapolis. And we're not always sure 100% who it will be and when, but we are confident that we have some waves coming behind the group that is here now and once again, I can't say enough about what Sean Johnson and his group has done to, to feed our pipeline. Thad, you've been in baseball long enough to realize that the catcher position is often a, a black hole in lineups. MLB.com took notice during the week the production from your catcher position is the best in baseball and doesn't seem to be slowing down. Well, it's, it's been incredible. You know, I, I think it really just speaks to the length and depth of our lineup. When you know you got the seven, eight, nine hitters who are performing extremely well across the board, but you know, you, great, great point you're making there. The catchers have just been exemplary. I was I was joking with C.J. Crone. He caught a bullpen up in Toronto uh, because Jason Castro was down for one day with his having been hit by a pitch. And ever since he caught a bullpen, he, he's been hitting extremely well at the plate. So whatever the catcher has caught, he it was apparently infectious, and he <laughs> caught it as well because he's gone through the roof ever since he put on the catcher's gear. But you know, you can't say enough about what Jason Castro, Mitch Garver, and William Tastadillo have done behind the plate. Not only are they giving us a ton of production out of the catcher spot, but by and large, it's towards the bottom of the order, and that's when the pitchers are trying to let up, and we just don't let them let up because the bottom of our order has been extremely productive. The, the, the Miguel Sano update, which we ask weekly, where is he at? Uh, where are we at with it? So he, he's, he's now gotten up to AAA, which I think is obviously the last step on the path for him. Now it's just a matter of getting him comfortable with, you know, hitting off of close to major league caliber pitching and also getting his legs back underneath him. Because keep in mind, fellas, he really was deprived of a, a full spring training. So we're, we're using as much of this rehab as we need to. We're really evaluating him. We, we want to put him in the best position to succeed. Uh, and then when he's ready to come up and help this big league team uh, continue its winning ways, he, he will be added to the big league roster. What's the latest on Sano? I mean, we just oh, asked that. I, yeah, yeah. I guess they asked that. Yeah. How about, uh, boy, you really signed some great free agents. How are they signed up 
are a lot of them free agents uh, coming up, coming coming up after this season. So, you know, the, the free agents that we added this past off season, I think we were very selective about trying to get guys who could be part of this franchise for multiple years. And so when we got guys like Nelson Cruz, we got an extra option on him. Same, same with Martin Perez. So we could retain those guys for an additional year. And then as a function of being in the arbitration process, when we acquired CJ Crone and Blake Parker, those guys are guys that we could retain through 2020 as well. Jonathan Scope was really the only free agent we added this off season that would only be with us for one year. As we look to next season's uh, free agent class, you know, it's probably a little bit premature to delve too deep into it, but, one thing that we have seen is a lot of these guys have signed extensions, a little bit counter to what we've seen over the last handful of years. So what had been a very, very attractive class, a number of the premium players have signed. So we're going to continue to monitor the upcoming class, but, but our primary focus at this point as well it should be is on the 2019 Minnesota Twins. Dad, we know you've got another commitment. I want to ask one question, then we'll, we'll let you go. Uh, I think observers of baseball had to take heart and smile in the game last night with the shift on uh, that uh, Eddie Rosario put down a perfect bunt down the third baseline. I think people have been saying for a long time, you know, at some point somebody's going to bunt and make people look bad with a shift, and he just did it perfectly. You know, and, and I, I think it speaks to a lot of what we've seen out of the growth and development of, of Eddie Rosario. I mean, what a, what a team team move by him. You know, for a guy who's hitting in the middle of our order, has a, every ability to hit the ball or the ballpark, he really just put, he put the ball in play, passed the baton, turned into a nice little inning for us. And I think all of uh, James Rousen always tells these guys, if you ever are complaining about the shift and seeing three infielders on one side of the, the second base bag, like, well, just bunt and take it away from him. And, and Eddie took him, took him up on that, and he did it expertly. So I think it was a great team move. It was a selfless move by Eddie, and I think it's kind of consistent with some of the things we've seen out of Eddie over the last, you know, season and a half here as he's really matured at the major league level. All right, Sid, you want to wrap it up? TJ? No, no, Thad Levine. Levine, a pleasure to have you on the air, and for being on the air, we'll get you a certificate to Murray's restaurant, best steakhouse in the country. Thank you, guys. Thank you for having me on, and happy Mother's Day to everybody out there listening. Good one to get in. Thanks so much, Dad. That's Dad Levine. Back with more right after this. Sports Huddle. Sid, David, Mike. All right, we are back. We've got uh, P.J. Fleck going to join us in about 10 minutes. We're going to open the phone lines up. Uh, We haven't had a chance to talk to you. There's so much good going on with the Twins. I have a hunch we'll get a lot of baseball calls. But why don't we open the phone lines up right now in the next segment? So this is going to require you to call during the break. The number is 651-989-9226. 989-9226. By the way, that is our new fax number, uh, our, our, uh, also, instead of the 81807, which I think has finally been disconnected. So either way, call 651-989-9226, and we'll talk to you or read your text right after this. Sports Huddle, Sid, David, Mike. All right, we are back. Kind of ambushed you there with that quick uh, phone session, but you responded, well, uh, let's uh, alternate. We've got a lot of text messages, a couple callers on hold. Let's go first to the person who called us first. That would be you, Skip in Bloomington. Skip, what's on your mind? Well, uh, good morning, guys. Are they... Michael Panetta, do they plan on keeping him in the rotation or are they going to send him down? And another thought is that when they have a doubleheader, they they can bring up an extra player. Right. Is that true? And true. Uh, if somebody's on the DL, do they get to bring another player up? Question. Yeah. 
All right, there's several there. Mike, I'll alternate with you. There is no DL anymore. It's an injured reserve list. Instead of 15 days, it's 10, and you're seeing teams use that more and more. Uh, there's zero chance of Michael Pineda be sent down. I don't even know if he has any options left. Uh, Mike, I, I think he's just uh, coming off of uh, Tommy John surgery. Uh, he had a, a quality start yesterday. I think that uh, they'll stick with him quite a bit longer, and I'm guessing their hope is that by June, when things get hot, that he'll be a, a good fifth member of the rotation. I think he, you know, he gave a back-to-back yesterday, but other than that, he was good. Yeah, I, 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 are you hearing something in your Yeah, I, I am. I don't know what it is. I'm just trying to yeah. ignore it. Uh, yeah, um, but, but uh, um, uh, I, I think he's he's a great number five starter. I mean, I thought he might be the four or three, but Perez has obviously kind of supplanted him there. Yeah, look uh, at the number five starters throughout Major League Baseball. I think he'd be right near the top. Yeah, and, and the DL, you know, all that, you know, Major League Baseball, they you want the best players out there all the time. Yeah. So it makes it as flexible as possible so that you don't get, you know, you know if you got to catch C.J. Crone for two innings one night, okay, but make it easy for you to bring up a catch or whatnot. Fans don't pay to see somebody, right. to, to see some guy that can't play play. So make it really easy for these moves to be made. Yeah, I think the, they've done a good job. That 26-player rule was a good yeah. one when they put it in, and the Twins took advantage of that yesterday. Actually, they, they used something kind of cute yesterday with that paternity leave, the short paternity mm-hmm. leave, and it got them both Duffy and Stewart uh, out of uh, Rochester. Uh, let's go to our next caller, and that would be Ron in uh, Benson. Go ahead, Ron. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Sure. Uh, congratulations on the Twins. They're a lot of fun to watch this year, but I, I'm going to just reflect back about three years ago. The Twins came out of spring training. I was down there and went to a couple games. They started the season 0-9, and I'm citing this example because they were in the 10th game of the season, they were playing Detroit. There was a 6th to 7th inning, and they had a one-run lead. Runners on 2nd and 3rd with a one-run lead in the 6th or 7th inning. The Twins batter had a three-and-one count, and he stood there and took strike two and got struck out on a called third strike. And, I, and it happened so often, and I thought, what, is, what kind of a hitting philosophy is this that they stand there and take strikes? And now this year, it's just a world of difference. They're swinging at the first pitch. They're teeing off on people. It's a delight to watch. And I, I just wondered if the, that previous hitting philosophy, was that based on pitch count or what, what's the difference here? And then I'll finish with a comment uh, Sid, uh, keep buying those green bananas. Thanks for taking my call. <laughs> Mike, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Sid had a column on, on Rouse and the, the hitting coach. There's absolutely a change in attitude. Uh, the, that, that game we talked about on the air last week when four consecutive swings on first pitch, I think it was two home runs and two doubles, they're, they're up there swinging. I don't think you're going to have 3-1 with two, looking at two strikes with this year's team. No, and I think that, but I also think that's the philosophy that Crone and Cruz and Scope bring to That's what got them to the big leagues. That's, you know, Rosario's not that picky. <laughs> he had the bunt last night. I couldn't believe it, you know, but, but to add to that, and I think this is why I think I'm, I'm convinced they're going to be there through September is that you don't have to have every player playing well. You can have two or three guys go through, you know, Rosario went through a terrible streak oh, yeah. until maybe yesterday he got up with three hits uh, and it didn't matter. They've got enough people and that, that three run home run will bail you out of a whole lot of things. And so philosophically, uh, you know, is it a hitting instructor? Yeah, but these guys that they brought in, they've been around the block. So they've got their own philosophy on hitting. Sid, uh, we've got a question here on big league attendance. Somebody was watching the Twins on television. They said, you guys talk about attendance being down at Twins games. They were talking about what happened in Toronto. I don't know if you watched that series on TV in Toronto. There were massive areas of empty seats. And Toronto, I believe, I may have this wrong, I think Toronto has had the big. Twins had the second biggest drop in attendance. I think Toronto has had the biggest drop in attendance of any major league baseball team. Talking about this $5 ticket? No. no, we're talking about attendance no. drop for some teams. Attendance dropping throughout Major League Baseball. Well, 
all over baseball no. is having trouble. I watch Yankee Stadium games. There's nobody there. Yeah, that was interesting, too. And there's rain delays and whatnot, but yeah. Unbelievable. I mean, I can't understand what's going on. The weather is actually bad all over. When they get better weather, I think they'll do a lot better. Yeah, I think that the Twins certainly are going to see a turnaround now. With the weather. If people have not listened off this weather forecast again in about three minutes, but it's yeah, it's, it's great uh, now. It's just remarkable how much better the next week is going to be. And the Twins are you know in town for at least part of the time playing the Angels. But you know, you guys know this very very well, and and I think the Vikings are the best at it in this town. You, the Twins have kind of gone a generation now without a lot of success. Right. And it's that generation thing we talk about with the Gophers. If you lose a generation, that means that the kids that were between the ages of Eight and sixteen didn't see great success. So you know you get those eight ten year periods. They've got to kind of come back. So they come back from a recession a little bit. You you lost a group there because since they went to Target Field, they've they've been to the playoffs uh, twice and never won a game. All right, we're going to take a break here. Come back. PJ Fleck is standing by. We'll talk to him right after this. You're listening to Sports Auto with Sid, Dave, and Mike. We are back. Time to talk Gopher football. PJ Fleck, good enough to join us right now. PJ, did I read online that uh, your team had a chance to meet Garth Brooks? <laughs> they did have a chance to meet Garth Brooks. Yeah, they're a lucky group of guys. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I guess there's friends in low places everywhere, you know? <laughs> well, he would know. Sydney, P.J. Fleck. Let me ask you this. Do you have some players who really dominate in the weight room? Yeah, we do have a lot of players um, that are getting stronger. You know, Dan Nickel, I think, is one of the best strength coaches in the country, him and his entire staff. Um, Coach Ben, Coach Cole, uh, they do a tremendous job down there. So, you know, our guys are getting stronger, bigger, faster. and um, But I, one thing I really have seen a change is our, our players truly enjoy being in the weight room. I think Dan Nickel gets the most out of our players. and They're all getting bigger. They're all getting stronger. They're all breaking records. And, and that's what we want to be able to see. You know, players are on a break here for two weeks, and then they'll come back for the summer school, and, um, you know, then they'll start their summer workouts. This recruiting, this recruiting class, with this recruiting class, uh, produce guys who might start this fall? Well, there'll be a lot of guys that we have uh, helped participate this year. You know, again, and, you know, being a developmental program, taking players in as freshmen and then developing all the way through their senior year. You know, that's what we want to be able to do. Uh, there's a lot of guys who aren't even here yet uh, come June. You know, the Tyler Newbins, um, you know, uh, D'Angelo Griffins. I mean, those guys are going to play for us. Um, you know, DJ Gordon, Donald Willis, those guys aren't even here yet. They get here in June. We're really excited for them to get on campus and be with us. But, um, you know, we had a lot of guys from this past class that are really going to help us. And we've got to continue to build the depth and make them better football players and then obviously make them better men off the field as well. PJ, you mentioned uh, kids who aren't here yet who you expect to play. How big a bonus was the, the four-game, uh, you know, preserving the redshirt rule? I would imagine in recruiting the opportunity to look at these kids and say, hey, you know, you're going to get a chance to play way more than you might have if you were coming in here two, three years ago. You know, we talked last year about doing that, you know, and, and the guys like Curtis Dunlap Jr., um, a, a lot of guys on our football team that we did that with. And, you know, you've got to be willing to do it. You've got to be willing to go through some, some really hard times to be able to build the program the right way, especially when you start over. And, and that's what we did. And we're been, that we've invested in every class that we've had, playing guys at a very young age. Um, you know, we've only had two major classes here. Uh, and now this will, you know, we're getting a chance to be able to have – more and more guys on campus, and this will be really our second big class that we brought in. Um, but we're excited about these guys, and they have an opportunity to play as a freshman, whether that's four games or the whole year. 
you know, great example is Daniel Falele last year. You know, we planned on redshirting him, and then we got to a point that, hey, listen, listen, let's just – he's going to learn by by putting his hand on the fire and, and just let it, let's go. But there's no such thing as four games anymore with him. We want to play him. We want to develop him, and he's going to develop into one of the best linemen we have. And we did that with him, and Curtis Dunlap Jr. was a little bit in a different way. We wanted to make sure we held on to that. So, I mean, Curtis is only a redshirt freshman right now, which is pretty scary and pretty – um, you know, hard to imagine, but we're going to take advantage of it with as many guys as we possibly can. But on the other hand, we're still going to need freshmen to come in and contribute. Will Shannon, Winfield, and Smith be ready to go when practice starts this fall? Yeah, absolutely. Well, Winfield's a, he's already ready to go. He's 100%. Uh, Rodney's just about getting to 100%. Shannon's a little bit behind Rodney, so um, you know, we've got, uh, you know, SIP does a tremendous job, our trainer, of getting our guys on the field when they're ready to go. And uh, those three guys will be ready to go this fall. Let me ask you a question about the quarterback position because I always find it fascinating. And, you know, at, at most you got to have a good manager, and, and, and at best, you know, you have a great player. Is it more important when you coach a quarterback that you coach them to make plays or to not make mistakes? Well, I, I, that's a great question. I think most games in college football are lost, not won. You know, and whoever loses it last wins the game. Um, you know, we talk about that to our football team all the time, not to play afraid and play scared, but understand how games are won and how games are lost. And the biggest part of that is the turnover battle. So what we want our quarterbacks to be able to do, and Kirk Sherrocket does this better than anybody else, is you know, our system's our system. And we develop them within the system from a very young age all the way through. Uh, and there's things they continue to get better at. You know, uh, last year we had two freshman quarterbacks. We knew there'd be takeaways. We knew there'd be turnovers. We knew we'd make some some bad decisions. But you have to be able to go through those things. If you want to have success, you have to fail. And then you have to be able to come out of failing. you got to grow from failing. And I think Kirk does that better than anybody else when he coaches our quarterbacks. He allows them to fail, allows them to grow. Um, but, again, I, I, I agree with you, uh, Mike, that you know it's, it's a little bit more of, okay, here's the things that lose games because there's way more that are lost than one. Let's not do this. All right? And, and I think that's when the whole takeaway and the turnover battle comes into play, that a punt is actually a really good play in, in football. P.J., with a limited number of scholarships, do you have a, a philosophy on offering scholarships to especially players like a, a punter, a place kicker, a long snapper? I, I don't. Uh, I, I have my own philosophy in it. Um, I'm not afraid to do it. If we need a punter, I'll offer a punter, and we'll have that punter for four years. Uh, Brady Weeks is our long snapper. We offered him a full-ride scholarship, and we got the number two long snapper in the entire country, and he's already here in the spring, and I don't have to worry about that for four more years now, you know. And the kicking battle is always competition. I thought Brock had a tremendous spring. Um, and then we have some guys joining us here in June. So it's constantly competition, but I think when you really look at scholarship in somebody, especially at the, one of the specialists, they're going to have a unique skill set that you think is very, very good, and you feel like they can play for four years. P.J., that's a question off the Gophers. You have a center with the Vikings that you you you, you played with you at Western Michigan. He started for four straight years. Tell me about him. How good he yeah. is. Well, his name is John Kenoy. Uh, he was an undrafted free agent with the Vikings from Western Michigan. Uh, just a wonderful young man from the state of Michigan. He was part of a big-time recruiting class we had when we were uh, at Western Michigan University. And, you know, he came in, played as a freshman, and, and did a tremendous job. Became All Conference. And, you know, he's he's a, he's a gritty player. He's tough. He's grindy. Incredibly intelligent. I mean, I'm not sure if he actually got a B in throughout his entire time in college. I think it was all A's. Uh, 
Um, very intelligent young man, loves the game, and I think the Vikings are going to be really excited about him because I think he's a little bit of a hidden gem. You know, and when you get undrafted free agents, um, sometimes they can they can sneak up on you and be really, really good. I think John can be one of those guys in the National Football League. He's got a lot of work to do, but he's with a great organization. He's in a great city, obviously, in a great state, and um, we're happy to have him here. Along those lines, when you have walk-ons that you give scholarships to, all things being equal, do you weigh a lot as to how good they are academically and, and, and try to reward that part of it, or is it purely on playing ability? No, no, it's everything, Mike. It's uh, academically, athletically, socially, spiritually, it's everything. You know, do you make your life bigger than yourself? Do you have really good grades? Do you do all the right things off the field? And, you know, it, the football part's the last thing. Um, you know, I mean, you know, we've given a scholarship to a third-string kicker who never saw the field in his entire life. Uh, it's all about, uh, all about rewarding what the program is about, rewarding what the culture is about, and continue to move that culture forward. And it's not just about the best players. It's about the best people we have. And if we can continue to bring out the best people in all of our players, uh, we're going to be a really good football team. Is there any limit how good this offensive line can be this year? This year? Well, Brian Callahan, I think, is one of the best offensive line coaches in the country. And he's been with me seven years now. And, uh, what I've been able to see from him uh, points uh, you know, all arrows to this offensive line being really, really good because I've watched him take average offensive line uh, as a unit and make them really elite by the end of the year. I've watched him take really, really good offensive linemen and make them elite throughout the year. Uh, I've seen him take not-so-good offensive linemen and make them really good. So he's a, he's a tremendous developer of talent on and off the field. He's a wonderful human being. And this offensive line has a chance to be whatever it wants to be. You know, and we, we're, still very, we're still very young, but now we're, in, now we're experienced, which is more, way more positive than it was last year. And you can see the growth that we're having. Uh, we'll never arrive. We'll never be able to say, here we are. We're a, we're a work in progress every day, but I really like how that line's developing. PJ, uh, going back to your days at Western Michigan and following it on, on the Internet, uh, I've never seen a football coach who has more ingenious ways of awarding scholarships to surprise people. Do you have a playbook on it? Where do you come up with those ideas? <laughs> we have a lot of people that meet on them. Uh, you know, we're about creating moments and memories. That's what college is all about, right? You go to college, you go away from home, and you create these experience experiences and moments for five years and really shape the rest of your life. Um, we want our players to be able to remember their experiences. When you give a scholarship away, that's a very important um, a day for that student athlete, their parents, their family, uh, not only professionally in terms of what they're doing every day and the work they're putting in, but financially, right? And this is a huge reward. We never want them to forget it. Not only that, we never want our state to forget it. We don't want our teammates to forget it. We want 15, 20 years down the road for people to talk about those days when we gave those scholarships because that's what you remember. You're not going to remember the sixth play of the Iowa or Wisconsin game. Uh, you're not going to remember the score half the time. You're going to remember those moments and memories, and that's what we want to continue to create. Uh, Garrett Chernoff, uh, he was our general manager. We have a team that kind of a creative team we get together with and come up with all types of ideas. Uh, and then, you know, Heather Fleck, my wife, I mean, she, she comes up with some of them as well. Uh, so, you know, it's just, it's really all about them. It's about their interests, their needs. You know, we did Bailey Schoenfelder last year. You know, he wants to, he wants to be a Navy SEAL. And so it's one of those things that that's why we brought Brent Gleason in, who was a former Navy SEAL, in to reward the scholarship as they jumped out of airplanes and things like that. So we find out what that student athlete really likes, and then we make it all about them.
PJ, before I give it back to Sid to wrap it up, uh, you mentioned Heather. Uh, it's Mother's Day for all our listeners. I would imagine you might have some uh, special wishes for Heather and maybe the moms of the, uh, the ball players. Yeah, happy Mother Mother's Day to all the mothers out there who listen to the show. Uh, not only that, all of our, obviously our Gopher family. Uh, happy Mother's Day to all of them, and obviously Happy Mother's Day to my wife Heather. I mean, uh, the things she does on a daily basis inspire me. Uh, and she uh, truly holds our family together, and it's, it's amazing what she does every day. So happy Mother's Day to everybody out there. Well, I guess some fantastic plans for Gopher football, and you better get their tickets. they got a great schedule, and they're going to win a lot of games. So get down the ball and get those tickets. Meanwhile, PGA... Tim Murray always loves it when you come to Murray's, and we'll get you a Murray's certificate. And uh, good luck to you. I appreciate it, buddy. Row the boats. Guy Mongo Gophers. Happy Mother's Day. Bye. All right, that's P.J. Fleck. Back with more right after this. Sports Huddle, Sid, Dave, and Mike. All right, uh, I have a number of text messages, six of them that have to do with the Timberwolves. Almost all of them have to do, will the new head of basketball operations have full autonomy to make all the basketball-related decisions? Sid? Well, I'm waiting for him to announce Saunders as a coach. I think there's no doubt that he's going to be the coach. I think that's part of the deal uh, with uh, with Taylor May, and uh, they're in Chicago right now. Uh, Looking at the recruits, and uh, <clears throat> they got this guy's got a lot of problems. He's got a lot of guys to sign. I mean, uh, I bumped into Wiggins' father the other day at the post office. I they live here full time, and I'm going to try and get him in the near future on this show. See if we can talk to him. All right, let me ask you this, because this is one of the text messages. Do you think it was a condition of his hiring that Saunders remained coach, or is that decision, is a coaching decision really up to the new hire? I think he and Taylor got a deal that this guy will be the coach. I mean, I just can't see any way where they won't bring him back. The players want him in a worse way. And I say at least for one year he'll be the coach. I had a long one on one interview with Gerson for T V the other day, so I sat and talked to him for a long time and he is uh adamant about that it's his call. That that, that he's he's wants and he, he keeps using this word partners. And I think one of the reasons that he was hired was that they see him as a guy that integrates himself into the entire organization, the business side, which as you know, Dave, is separate from the basketball side. And uh, I think that's what brought him to the forefront and why uh, uh, Ethan Kasten had a big say in that, along with the committee with Jim Peterson and John Thomas. And he keeps using that word partner. I think he wants uh, Saunders to be partner. But one interesting name, and I think this would be a long shot, but he had J.B. Bickerstaff at Houston. Bickerstaff yeah. has interviewed with Cleveland and interviewed with the L.A. Lakers for those jobs. Uh, so you don't know exactly how Gerson perceives him, but he has been with him long enough to at least have formed an opinion. Yeah, that is an interesting name to reckon with. You know, watching Houston in the playoffs and watching the Timberwolves, you talk about two different styles. I mean, it's going to be amazing to see what impact he's going to have on the Timberwolves because they will not look like your Timberwolves of old. In in, in reference to that, I also talked to him about what could you do 
uh, with Carl Anthony Towns that would mirror James Harden, and he's obviously thinking those ways. He, he calls his Towns team, Mitchell Wiggins, you mentioned, uh, Andrew's father, I see him all the time at the health club visit with him, and he's a former NBA player yeah. as well. You don't hear him mention Andrew's name, though. You hear him mention Carl Anthony Towns and how can we create something a little bit like they did with Harden to make him the focal point and build a couple around him. All right, we're going to take a break here, come back, and we'll talk more sports on the other side. You're listening to Sports Huddle, Sid, David, Mike. Uh, we are back. We've got some text messages to go through. Also got a caller, Jerry. Thanks for uh, hanging around. Uh, Jerry in Odessa, what's on your mind? Hi. Uh, uh, happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. I was just going to call on, on the uh, – I'm not a Yankee fan, but I do appreciate what they do with their uniforms. When they have a home game, they wear white. We had a game last night. <laughs> it looked like the home team was the Detroit Tigers. They were in white, we're wearing blue. It's wrong. And I'm, I've been a, a fan since 63, and I kind of like what they're doing. No, you're not a fan of the softball unis. <laughs> no, I'm a fan of the Minnesota Twins, not some kind of stamped on stuff. I like the Soviet jerseys, and yeah. So Jerry, that's all we'll, I got. we'll put that down. Thanks for your observation. Yeah. Guys, I've got a text message here. I'd like, uh, I like, it's a good text message, and it's an area we haven't talked about. But we were talking about why the Twins are improved, and this texter said, limited base running errors, direct correlation to new coaching assignments. This is a glaring improvement from last coaching regime, regime and hires. You know, it's not an area of baseball that gets talked a lot. Uh, uh, Mike, I'll, I'll turn to you first because we did talk about the, the batting uh, and the, all those first-pitch uh, string uh, strikes that, that they hit for homers and doubles against uh, the Astros. But, the, you know, thinking about what this person's written about, I think it deserves some uh, discussion. The only thing is, I'll say, if they if they didn't pick up on base running, they weren't listening because Paul Molitor was an outstanding base yep. runner, and he was he was he was a big believer that you give away or you know, nullify innings uh, with poor base running, and, and he wasn't a big believer that you have great speed. So I don't know, you know, this is this team is not a fast team, so maybe that makes it easier to not make mistakes because you don't need to take a lot of risks. You know, Buxton's the only one that can fly, and and when he hits one to the gap, it is fun. <laughs> it is fun to watch. Yep. Uh, but but I, I don't I think that uh, it's maybe just because they're more conservative. You know, uh, Sid. Um, you know, I don't know if you've noticed this, but I don't know if the Twins have really made a base running mistake around third base this year. Almost everybody who's been sent has gotten home, and you know that's that's a, a field of study to study the throwing arms of the outfielders. And it seems that the Twins have taken limited chances, but when they take one, it looks like a chance. They've been safe at home plate almost every time, so that could be another symbol of what the uh, what the texture is talking about. Said so you had a column on on James Rawson, the batting coach for the for the Twins. Well, I certainly think he should get high grades for what's happened so far. He's done a fantastic job. Um, <clears throat> He was the Yankees uh, before, and uh, I'm surprised the Twins got him away from the Yankees. And uh, he's done the way those guys have hit. It's unbelievable. A couple of those guys are in a little slumps right now. Rosero is in the slump. and uh, But overall, they've been fantastic. And you guys say pitching coach, too. We don't know a lot about Wes Johnson, but the numbers are speaking for themselves. And even this this whole idea of closure by committee that I thought, yeah, yeah. 
Well, when you're winning, you're winning, Dave. Yeah, I mean, look at the record of the Twins uh, relief pitchers. And then the, with the starters now putting quality start after quality start, it's a lot easier to manage your bullpen when you're not bringing them in in the third and the fourth inning. Yeah, when you came into this knowing there was a doubleheader and you hadn't chewed up any innings in Toronto because yeah. your starters had gone so far, then you had a day off. That's how you win That's how you win division titles. No doubt about it. Sid, you got something you want to add? Looks like they got a, a fantastic uh, coaching staff. I think that's what this person was saying. Hey, let's give some credit to that. Staff all the that guys, did. all the guys he he kept, and all the new guys that pitching coach, that college pitching coach, Wes Johnson, yeah. turned out fantastic. Let's see, they play again today, and then he got a series with Angels, and then they go on the road to Seattle and uh, Los Angeles. Well. Yeah, and, and, and uh, you see, Dave, you were not there, but at uh, Twins Fest this year, there was one of those precious moments when uh, uh, we had Rocco Baldelli and, and uh, Wes Johnson on the stage and Sid's question, well thought. I get, he says, not to be negative, but you've never managed, you've never been a pitching coach. How can we be excited about this? Well, so far, so good. <laughs> yeah. And here, I'll just change direction. We've got about a minute and a half to go. Uh, somebody said, millennials will not fill collegiate venues. Uh, you can uh, give away the free seats and the millennials won't be there. There are a lot of people in the generation above the millennials that are a lot younger than the people currently occupy the seats. I think that's where the greater hope is. Yeah, and uh, I said to Mike Nowakowski from Ticket King about this. He says, uh, our, our stadiums are too big right now. That's why I like that uh, the volleyball team, they keep playing there and making a tough ticket and make it loud and make it whatever else. But, uh, uh, you know, aside from the Vikings, which are a standalone, I don't know how you, you begin to – um, ascertain what to do and how to market yourself and, and how you get the millennials. Yeah, and we've got a text message, Mike, that as we close here, it goes perfectly with that. They said, how about giving a call out to the teams that are drawing and are doing well yeah. with you, many of which are the women's teams. Uh, volleyball tickets are the toughest tickets around. Try to find a ticket to softball. Uh, you can't do that. So and and the Vikings out. just keep yeah. going. Yeah, I mean, hats off to those teams. All right, we'll be back at uh, 11.05 to talk to Tom Curvers, and we've got Jonathan Scope in that hour. We'll try to get you involved as well as you listen to the Sports Auto with Sid, Dave, and Mike. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 